in the hotep ish with your host dewan b intelligent ish talk intelligent shit talk where we balance the profound with the profane political satire celebrity and expert guests information and entertainment conversation and solutions leave your feelings at the door sure y'all share this video we about to talk about some of these hate symbols we about to talk about some of these hate symbols we about to talk about all this good shit because there's a lot of stuff i want black people to be aware of as we go into 2021 come on in like share and subscribe we'll be with you in one minute
right, we here, we here, we here. Thank y'all, thank y'all for joining us. Thank y'all for joining us. A little bit of house business. If you ordered your Dr. King t-shirt, I had to take that motherfucker down because they were like image and we don't like what it's saying. And they had all kind of whole ass problems with that shirt. So I'm getting this, the Dr. King t-shirt redone. I'm getting that shirt redone. And I'm going to have it back up on a website pretty soon. So, Star, everybody who ordered a t- Dr. King t-shirt, you already got your refund. You, I've already sent your money back. Because the print company was on some whole ass shit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' We gonna we gonna we gonna work it out. We gonna work it out. I'm getting that message out because I'm tired of these people going around. Thank you, Tan. Love the intro. I appreciate that. Paris Whitehead, Baltimore in the house. Miss Porsche, uh, Papa Nova. Yeah, appreciate appreciate y'all for joining us. Share the video, please. Share the video. We already got 37 likes while 47 people in here. I appreciate that. Y'all liking the video and sharing it? That's some dope shit. But yeah, I gotta redo my I gotta redo my Dr. King t-shirt. I gotta, you know, make it appease the folks, you know, I don't own the printing press. And before someone comes in here and be like, brother, what you need to do is get your own printing press. No, that's not happening. I'm a businessman. I got a lot of shit that I do on a daily basis. Got a lot of different things that I do. I'm not about to be a printing press person. No, 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 no. You know, I will find another way, but no, I'm not about to open up a printing press. I, no. That's one thing about us as black folks. They think every black person got to do everything to solve all problems. No, no, no. We all have a lane. Find your lane and stick to your lane. Don't be that Negro going around telling every other black person what well, what you need to do is invest in Bitcoin. And then when you're done investing in Bitcoin, we got to... We got to own the manufacturing, so you need to take your Bitcoin money and open up a factory, and then you hire a bunch of black people in that factory, and then once you open up that factory, you need to get some trucks and some airplanes, and then when you get these trucks and these airplanes, you can then distribute, and then you be like, okay, so what, what you going to do, brother? Well, I'm going to sit here and support, man, you know, man, because um, <laughs> these white folks shit, they... They, you know, they they do anything they can to you, you know. So, so, but, but, nah. But that brother on down the street, man, he, what he needs to do. What, what about again, brother? What, what, what are you gonna do? Well, shit. You know, I'm, 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 I'm back on child support. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm behind on child support, and, and, but when my child support get caught up, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna open up my own soul food restaurants. That, that, that sell passports out the back. You know what I mean? Because I got this homeboy, Hector, that got, he got a hookup on passports. And then when I when we sell our passports out the back, we gonna all fly to Africa. Yeah, we, we gonna fly to Africa. Then I got a hotel in Zimbabwe that we can all stay at that my homeboy Mobutu runs. These what we need to do ass niggas. Y'all part of the problem. The way I see it, to make it clear here, DeJuan Brown don't tell nobody else what they need to do. The things I feel need to be done within the black community, I do 
what I do my lane in that. Between working with families and kids, helping them with their communication, my IEP company, getting black kids, children with special needs, getting them the services they need through the school system, paid for by the school system. That's my lane. My lane is getting on this mic and talking shit because I'm pretty good at researching and seeing what, what's going on. And so that's kind of a talent of mine. So I use that talent to talk shit and spread information. That's my lane. And for the for the people, some people, they lane is reading tarot cards. Shit. Some people, they lane is driving a truck. Hell, other people, just like what The Rock said, know your role and shut your mouth. You dig? What we need to do, ass niggas. What now, what we need to do is all black people need to come together. And when we come together, we gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' we gon' it's a show of force. And when we show that force, the white folks gonna have to believe us. And they're gonna have to give us our reparations. Brother. But every time we come together, they infiltrate. How are we gonna guard against infiltration? See now, 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 you thinking too much now, but we just still just need to come together. Now, once we come together, we're going to work all that out. Okay, so brother, how do you know the people you work out things with ain't, you know, working with those folks and they're not just getting, gathering intel to take back to them folks that use against you? Nah, 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 they, they, they go with that whole tip talk. They, 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 they. There, there, there you go with that whole tip talk and all that black radicalism and, and that's the thing that's the problem with black people you know all white people ain't bad now you talking all that nonsense and now all white people ain't bad nigga I didn't say all white people are bad I'm just saying we have to protect ourselves against those who are See, now, 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 now. Racism is, is, is been here and it's always going to be here, brother. It's always going to be here, brother. Now, what, what what you need to do is just go ahead and get 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 get, get used to that. <sighs> no more of these niggas in 2021. Like, when you get when you get around one of these what we need to do ass niggas in 2021, just run. Don't argue with them. Just Run. You're right. Star is Darth and Perry's all over the world. If y'all don't know who Darth and Perry is, look it up. Look him up. But yeah, we about to talk about here. We about to get cooking. We about to talk about symbols to look out for in 2021. Um, because the reason why I felt inspired to do this broadcast is because we saw what happened yesterday uh, on the steps of Capitol Hill. Yes, 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 people. There are people that have been in my inbox on Instagram and and on and places. Now I, I know you're putting that up there, but but this was this was a this was a conspiracy. This was this was all orchestrated and coordinated. Look for you. Everything is orchestrated, ass niggas. I understand that. I understand things can be orchestrated. But even within that, there's still a lot of truths and a lot of things that people need to look out for. 
First of all, we don't even know if it is orchestrated. We don't know what level it's orchestrated on. Who orchestrated it? To what people? We don't know none of that shit. We know a lot of certain shit looks suspicious, but, you know, the cops kind of let them in. But we also know that there's a shitload of cops that are white supremacists. So it's a lot that went on these past couple days that all we know is what we've seen. Nobody knows without a shadow of a doubt any of it. So when we have these kind of discussions, we take in these discussions that face value based on what we've seen. I don't need nobody in my inbox saying, well... Uh, secret mission, uh, Xavier 22, uh, Rex 95 said that they was going to let the police and they was not going to bring police to the Capitol. And all these white people, they called them all one by one. And, 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 and they all got together because we don't get together. They all got together and they coordinated this. Nigga, I ain't got time for that. All right. I don't have time for it. We know a civil war is coming one day. We know all this shit's coming. We know all these things. What's up, Jay Lee? What's up, Shahar? I appreciate y'all for joining. What's up, Wig Split Up? But, yeah, we know these different things that do go on behind our back. There are certain levels of coordination. When I talk, that's just in parentheses, goddammit. I know that shit exists, all right? But we still have to be able to learn lessons and see things for what they are on a day-to-day -day level, regardless of whatever agendas may be going on behind closed doors that we're not privy to. Oh, yeah. We here. We here. Hit the like button. I appreciate that deep impressions. J.E. Lee. I, I, man, I, I, be, I, was, I remember. I, I'm glad you in the live chat room, J.E. Lee, so I can publicly again say I appreciate you. Because it's been a couple times Jay Lee uh, said something. I was like, oh, that's a dude. Like, Jay Lee, ain't Jay Lee, sir. I, I, I accidentally, because I know a lot of people named Jay. And every person I know named Jay is like one of my, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, so I accidentally said Jay Lee was a dude on a few broadcasts ago, and that was fucked up. And I've been meaning to apologize the next time I see you in here live. So it's been like over a month. Let, let you know how good of a memory I have. I just wanted to publicly say, Jay Lee, I appreciate you publicly. I really do. I really appreciate you. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we about to. The... <laughs> yeah, Jay Lee. I, yeah, you want me? I, yeah, I, I I fucked up when I said that, man. I be I be over here, you know. I be like right now, I'm drinking coffee, but I I already smoked three joints this morning. You feel me? So anyway, anyway, again, the reason why I'm having a, a discussion like this is because what happened yesterday on the Capitol or a couple of days ago on the Capitol, we can expect more of this. We're dealing with a population of white supremacists who've been told generation after generation after generation that they can't do anything they can't do anything wrong. They've been told that everything wrong with the nation is black people. And if you're considered white, you walk on, you walk on, 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 on water. So these people have gotten disgruntled over the years because America has broken its social contract with the middle class. 
like I said before, there is a middle class in America that no longer is there. You used to be, if you were white, you can get a free house if you fought in the war, World War II. Or if you didn't fight in World War II, you can get a damn near zero interest uh, federal F, federal loan, you know, to buy your brand new five bedroom, four bathroom house fully furnished for like 15 grand. While homes in the hood were selling for that same 15 grand, but you probably got a 10 or 20% interest rate paid for a used house, no furnishing, and a whole economic tax base gone. That's what happened if you were black. But if you were white, when they built the projects, the projects was, you were in the projects for what they intended the projects to be for, temporary living facilities until you got your home. If you were white, you lived in the projects in the 1940s and by the 1950s, when your new suburban home was built, you were living up in that motherfucker. So, Throughout the 70s and 60s and 80s, they got to live in the little suburban neighborhoods. They got to laugh at the, oh, look at the black people in the ghetto. <laughs> They're all monkeys. <laughs> why can't they come together and why are they so violent? Why do they do so many drugs? I don't get it. The neighborhood is messed up because they don't do anything to fix it. Now, when the 2000s hit, these motherfuckers started getting on opioids. And they live under they live, Reaganomics. The person that they voted for on Law and Order, Ronald Reagan. Mind you, these crackers are the ones that voted in their own demise because of their racism. Ronald Reagan was a fucking actor. Jimmy Carter had this country where it needed to be in 1979. In 1979, hom homelessness and hunger was all but solved because of the taxes that was coming in on the wealthy. You didn't see homeless people and all the soup kitchens were paid for by the government. And then Ronald Reagan came on and said, fuck that. All the mental health facilities were still here. And Ronald Reagan came in and said, this, I'm a law and order president. I'm going to get these niggas in check. And if you vote for me, I'm going to get these niggas in check. And I'm going to cut some taxes. And white folks said, oh, hell yeah. Let's do that. You going to hang some niggas? Yes. And what white folks did when they allowed Reagan to get in office was they tied their own noose around their own economic neck. Because Reagan cut them taxes push that money to the top, said we're going to have this trickle down theory and this money going to trickle down to you motherfuckers and it never came. It never came. The money never came. So what happened is on top of that, on top of that, Reagan started sending all these jobs over to China, down to Mexico, Taiwan. And so all the jobs that these motherfuckers had that they were the supervisors over us on, doing their best to keep us out of. See, black people started losing these jobs in the 60s and the 70s when these jobs started being outsourced. But that upper management white folks, they still got to keep their jobs 
the white factories got to keep their shit. But then when the 80s and 90s came, they started losing their shit. Mind you, this is all going to come back together. All of this shit is going to come full circle. Like all my lessons do. All my broadcasts. I don't just talk in a vacuum. We all talk to teach lessons. In the meantime, and what the fuck? In the meantime, get your Hotepish t-shirt, hotepish.com slash apparel. We got the Hotepish hoodie. I wear, I have like four or five of these hoes because they, 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 they hella comfortable in the wintertime. And my t-shirts, Black People Don't Owe Anybody Anything But an Ass Woman by Dr. John Henry Clark. And my other shirt, Fuller Welsing, Clark, Van Sertima, Benyakinen. Get the Scholars t-shirts. And my Martin Luther King t-shirts will be back up. I just gotta learn, I just gotta wham them a little bit. And we are gonna have them back going. Back to what we talking about. I'm gonna get to y'all questions uh, in a little bit. Because I'm, I'm over here, I'm, I'm cooking right now. I'm cooking right now. I wanna stay on this, on this beating path because when I get thrown off I'll be going back listening to my shit be like god damn it I didn't finish that point so let me finish my point white folks they took the devil's bargain when they voted um, Reagan in they took another devil's bargain when they allowed Clinton and black people took a devil's bargain see both sides takes devil's bargains and both sides end up getting fucked we just debate a test we get fucked first and then it hits everyone else Black people took the devil's bargain in the 90s and voted in Clinton, which increased mass incarceration, expounding upon what Reagan set off in 1980 when he started with his drug laws. And then white folks again took another another devil's bargain when they voted in when they voted in President Bush number two, who through his tax plan and through his housing economic plans further stripped away wealth of white society and black society. Oh! I forgot to mention Bill Clinton, NAFTA, NAFTA, look up NAFTA because NAFTA basically put the nail in the coffin for Detroit, Lansing, and all those manufacturing places, Ohio, the Rust Belt, Pennsylvania. It started in the 70s, but it really got the nail in the coffin in the 90s when Clinton signed NAFTA because the North American Free Trade Agreement made it to where factories got to move to Canada and Mexico without paying taxes and tariffs. Tariffs and taxes are the same thing. I just use both words. Tariff from from Tarif. Tarif was one of the, one of the emperor, well not more emperors, but one of the leaders of trade in Spain, going back to Moorish Spain. And if you look off the, uh, there's a city in in the south of Spain called Tarif. That's where the term tariff comes from. Black folks. So yeah, a little quick history tidbit. The term tariff comes from Tarif, one of the leaders of the Moors in Spain, back in the 800s or some shit like that. So yeah, they got rid of these tariffs and that's when all these manufacturing jobs then moved down to Mexico and it killed off the economy for white America. So now, white America is disgruntled it's angry, it's mad, and who have the media told them to be angry at? Who has the media told... Hold on one second. I had to look at this text message real quick. 
Okay, yeah. Be getting these um called Brandon Tony hit me up from Craig Facts. Y'all check out Craig Facts every Tuesday and Thursday. Five grown ass men, and we be having female guests and people like that come down, experts talking to y'all about the real shit. Um back to what I was saying. So white America's now disgruntled. Who has the media, specifically Fox News, but all of them, all of them, ABC, NBC, Fox News, they all flip sides of the same coin. They've all pointed towards black people as the reason as to why they all fucked up. So, why did I say that? Why do I have this image up here on the screen? Even though they attacked the Capitol, this noose right here tells you who's really on their mind. This is them saying, you let that nigger in office, even though Barack Obama didn't do shit for us, the imagery alone fucked them up. And now you got Kamami Harris in office. She ain't even one of us. Don't fuck with us. But she's still going to be a proxy for all of us. And the re so the reason for today's broadcast, the raise today's story, today's information, is to point out different white supremacist insignia and apparel and looks for black people to then and pe for people who ain't on that bullshit to see the the people around us that can be harmful to us because we're going to get the backlash of Joe and the hoe in the office. But unfortunately, we're not going to get the federal protections from Joe and the Ho. Same reason why we got the backlash when Obama got in office. Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, you know Ash and Kutcher, you know all the, uh, I said Kutcher, Ash, um, Terrence Crutcher, I said Ash and Kutcher, that's the white boy. <laughs> Terrence Crusher, um, Sandra Bland, Rakia Boy, Micah Johnson, y'all know the names. All of that happened under Obama as a backlash to black Americans, but Obama didn't do anything to federally protect us. So if we're not being federally protected, we got to protect ourselves. And part of protecting ourselves is knowing clearly who our enemy is. Because in this Biden administration, we have a fuck ton of enemies, but they're going to be trying to trying to hide themselves. But for the obvious ones, let's get started. Let's get cooking. Get your questions. Hit me on the Cash App if you want to get pushed to the front line of the questions. If you don't want to hit me on the Cash App and just ask a question, I'll get to it when I get to it in the chat room. You don't have to hit the chat, Cash App to ask me a question. I'll still answer as many questions as I can when I'm done with this presentation. But if you want to guarantee that I ask, answer your question, Hit me on the Cash App or whatever you feel like donating. And I will get right to your question right away. So here, we got our image of the noose. We all know the noose is a sign of white supremacy. But what other signs of white supremacy? How do you know you're around an obvious white supremacist? I'm going to give you these signs because you'll notice... There are oftentimes fire firemen and policemen with these insignia on them. 
let's see here. Got the noose. Let me, here we go. Here's one. Oh, that's the wrong. I don't want that image up. Well, that's another sign you on some bullshit. Anytime you see uh, two white folk, a black white dude and a black dude, fake embracing, it's a guarantee goddamn to you. Both of these niggas is corny as hell. For those of you watching, that's the wrong one. Okay, what the fuck is up? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got my Okay, here we go. 88. What does 88 mean? What does 88 mean? 88 stands for Hell Hitler. Why the letters eight? Number eight? Because what is the eighth letter of the alphabet? H. So the number eight stands for the letter H. Two eights together. No, that does not mean Michael Irvin, football fans. That means Hell so when you see these motherfuckers going around with these random 88s, understand and know what they talking about. Jay Lee, I didn't see your question. In the thank you for the donation, but I did not see the uh, the question that you had attached to it. If you donate and ask a question, please ask the question in the donation box. So I can get to it. Let me see here. I see one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Type your question in the donation when you do it. But in the meantime, Jay Lee, don't donate again. Just, just type type your question again here in the chat room. Now type it here in the chat room, and I get to it. Anyway, eighty-eight means hell, Hitler. Hell Hitler is some shit that, because these people, they're not, one thing about the white supremacists is they're very symbolic. We give them, we don't give them enough credit as to, they're very symbolic and they know their shit. When it comes to their history, when it comes to debauchery, violence, evil shit, they understand it. They know it well. And they do these things as signals to one another to know who each is. Because one thing about the white supremacists is, one thing about white supremacy, this their code of conduct had didn't come through just osmosis. It's through osmosis now, but when it got built in, it literally got built in at the end of the sword, at the end of the gun, at the end of violence. White supremacists, if they feel that you're not on coal with white supremacy, they'll kill you. Because you're in the way. Okay, Jay Lee's question was, what country will come get our country under control the same way the U.S. goes to interfere with other countries' business? Um, I don't know. China's lined up right now, but but the United States, I, I feel this whole China thing, the United States got a trick up their sleeve for China, so 
I'm not saying I'm not gonna. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna take over. That's why we as black people, we have to be the ones with the mindset of taking responsibility as this country starts to fold and crumble, because this empire is and will fall. Will fall. As a matter of fact, if you looked on LinkedIn, Ray Dalio. Look up Ray Dalio. He's the the owner of the number one hedge fan. Uh, hedge. I said hedge fan. Hedge fund in the world. He's Ray Dalio. Last November, bet four billion dollars on the economy tanking March 2020. Anytime you have a white man that's in control of billions and billions of dollars that white people invest in, you better listen to and read what they got to say. Because they saying some shit that when they talk, when people like Ray Dalio talk, the stock market moves. So I encourage you guys to look up that article from Ray Dalio um, on yesterday's LinkedIn. And I'm saying that to say we as, um, we as black people, we need to be ready and we need to be going back to learning these skills, the, the skills from the earth, how to grow food, how to fuck, how to goddamn be an electrician, how to be a plumber, change tires, refine gas, the, the base level shit. That's the kind of shit we got to be on. But here, we about to keep going through some of these uh, symbols here that we got to look out for as black people. The Rahoa. What is the Rahoa? The Rahoa is what white supremacists call the racial holy war. These motherfuckers have been trying to kick off a racial holy war since the end of the Civil War. They've been for real, for real, trying to kick off a racial holy war since the end of the Civil War. What they don't know is it ain't gonna be no racial holy war. Black people, and this is for you white supremacists listening. I know you crusted infested motherfuckers like coming on my broadcast from time to time. This is for you. It ain't gonna be no goddamn racial holy war. Why we gotta fight a war when all you motherfuckers gotta do is step out into the sun and die? Hmm. Joe Biden said it himself. Hell, y'all basically ain't gonna be too many of y'all around here in just 30 years. I'm thinking more like 20. I appreciate it, Brandon Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said, love the show, fuck Eminem. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. The ra the, the, the racial holy for the war is going on right now, actually. That's a good point you made in the chat room. I forgot who said that in the chat room. It went away. But yeah, there is a war going on right now. But it's nothing that we as black people got to pick up arms and fight. They killing themselves. <laughs> Salute to the white bitch from San Diego that got murked up in the Capitol building. The fuck we need to come out there and, and play jump in the mud with them for? We don't need to. We don't need to. 
So watch out for these patches on jackets. They're like wearing these Rahoa patches on their little hoe ass members only jackets. So look out for that, people. Here's another one we need to look out for. CWB, these tattoos. That means country white boy. When you see that in Old English or whatever it is, when you see those CWB tattoos, these tattoos are frequented by a lot of members of the LAPD and different police officers around the nation. That's why I especially put this tattoo out there because a lot of these motherfuckers will be in the police and the police department to know exactly who they are. And they will allow these same tattoos. So if you're somewhere and you see a cop in riot gear or you see a firefighter and you wonder why your uncle didn't make it when he just called, he, all, all the nigga had was gastric bite. All he had was a goddamn uh, acid reflux and now he in the hospital fighting for his life. Check and see if that firefighter had a CWB tattoo somewhere on his body. Because a lot of these motherfuckers do that shit intentionally. Hit the like button, please share and subscribe. We have uh, over 170 people in here and 107 likes. 170 people mean we should have 170 likes, goddammit. I appreciate y'all. Share the video because this is information for your black ass. I already have a picture of the noose up. Here. This is one, another one I want to point out. This is the, uh, a symbol. This is the um, Rhodesian flag. Oftentimes, white supremacists will have the Rhodesian flag up. It'll be a patch somewhere on their back. It'll be the Rhodesian flag or the flag of apartheid era South, uh, South Africa as seen here from Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof, this, this is what the media knows, but because they, they play on our naivety, they didn't point out. Dylan Roof, I bring him up as an example often, because we as black people, we have to study the people that study us, that hate us. Because there's a pattern to these motherfuckers. They're not that smart. They're not that intelligent. They're not that intuitive. It's the same thing with the music. We create the music, and the best of their music is just a phony-ass pattern off what we've done already. They don't innovate nothing new. So once a pattern is created, the white supremacists generally fall within that pattern of behavior. They don't have much, like on the basketball court. They don't, they don't know how to play one-on-one -on -one basketball. They don't, they, don't, they don't know how to shake a nigga left, right. Boom, boom, take somebody's ankle. They ain't got that. So when you start to see their symbols, you're going to see these things over and over and over again because they're not that innovative. They're going to keep redoing the same shit over and over and over and over again. Dylan Roof, the, uh, the the shooter of the Mother Emanuel Church, and I, and I mentioned this yesterday on Craig Facts, he knew what he was doing. Not only did he have the patches to these uh, regimes on his jacket, he 
bomb that church on June 17th, Juneteenth, on the same church that Denmark VC gathered a meeting of hundreds and potentially thousands of black people to have a slave insurrection in the year 1822. So he shot that church up, went to soft targets where he knew there wouldn't be any resistance. And in that, he shot a black senator. Yes. He shot a black senator in that Charleston church suiting. Why is it that when he shot it was his, the brother's name was Reverend Pickney. Reverend Pickney was a very charismatic Democrat out of South Carolina. He was someone that was doing a lot of good things down there in South Carolina. He was a brother that unlike this motherfucker Warnock over there in Georgia was actually doing things for the people of South Carolina. Dylan Roof picked that man off. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody in the whole shooting thing is talking about a, a, a man of state being picked off by this Rhodesian supporter, Reverend Pickney. Why? Because all of these white supremacists are on code. Left wing, white wing, they own the same motherfucking code against us. So let's break this down, these patches. First of all, we're gonna start off with the Rhodesian patch. We're gonna start off with the Rhodesian patch. The Rhodesian patch signifies the Rhodesia, Cecil Rhodes. A lot of people don't know about Cecil Rhodes. I'm bringing up this article from Britannica.com so people won't say DeWan's on some hotep shit. I'm gonna let the white folks tell you. He was the founder of De Beers Mining. Remember that song, Kanye Head, Blood Diamond? Well, the whole term Blood Diamond was synonymous with Cecil Rhodes because he killed millions and millions and millions of quote-unquote Rhodesians, now Zimbabwe, in his bloodlust for diamonds. Why does that name Cecil Rhodes sound so familiar? Because what do they call the quote unquote smartest person that they, that gets these, these scholarships? They call it a Rhodes Scholarship done by the Rhodes Foundation, which is basically blood money that still gets passed around that they give a little bullshit ass scholarship to in the name of somebody that was worse than Adolf Hitler. And then there's King Leopold. 
Look at this motherfucker here. Don't he look evil? King Leopold. King Leopold was somebody who made Adolf Hitler look like Mr. Rogers. He made Adolf Hitler look like Mr. Rogers. Because according to white supremacist history, he killed over 10 million people. According to African scholars, that number was closer to 20 to 30 million people. That's why Dylan Roof had the flags on of those different nations signifying the killing of millions and millions of black people. Paris Whitehead wants me to talk about the Nordic symbols. I encourage everybody to look up the Nordic symbols. That's that Viking shit. I don't have the Nordic symbols already pre-done in my uh, in my broadcast for today. But well, actually, I do have um, I do have some of them. I, I hear this is what I'll do. I'll just go off the top of my head with some of these because I do I can't pull up a website real quick. That's a good question, Paris Whitehead. Talking talking about the Nordic symbols. Here we go. I don't feel lucky out here. Here's some of the Nordic symbols here on my screen. Nordic symbols is basically the time of the Vikings and Odin. Odin was one of the great kings or leader of the North of the Vikings that went through and killed a whole bunch of motherfuckers. So as y'all look through on the screen that I see here, all of these different Nordic symbols that you see here, a lot of your white supremacists, they'll take uh, any of these insignias, especially this one right here, the triple horn of Odin, this is a very popular one right here. That's super popular. They'll take these symbols and put them on their patches, put them on their attire to let other white supremacists know this is what they're about. This is the Viking version of the swastika you see right here. on. Um, and for those of you listening on iTunes, uh, for those of you listening on Spotify to the playback of the podcast, oh yeah, for y'all, I'm on Spotify now. Look up Hotepish on Spotify iTunes shit should be up in a little bit, but I'm going to put all archives of every episode is going to be put up on Spotify. So if you're driving and you don't want to be on YouTube and deal with YouTube, being in the in the, in the back of the, got on YouTube, they don't let you play that shit in the back of the apps. So all replays are now available on Spotify. And within the next week, they'll also be available on uh, Apple Podcasts. Download the podcast because this shit get long as fuck. Y'all know how long with it I am. So if you want to go back and listen to the replay while you're driving, get the uh, Spotify, get the iTunes version. So yeah, these are some of the Nordic symbols. That was a good question, Paris Whitehead, in the chat room. Um, yeah, any of these Nordic symbols, and uh, and I got this from nospirit.com, norsespirit.com. That's the white, this here, this isn't a white supremacist website. I'm not saying they're white supremacists. 
I'm not saying I don't know anything about them. I'm not, not nothing. I know salute to this website. I'm not talking shit about them. I'm just talking about how people will use these symbols as communication between themselves that they're white supremacists. All right. So I want y'all to be aware of that. I want y'all to be aware of that. I want y'all to be aware. Shouts out Dashay in the chat room. Yeah, get that hoodie. Get that hoodie. So back to what we're talking about. The white supremacists will also often will often wear these these symbols and patches. I said patches. God damn it, I be stuttering like a motherfucker sometimes. But they would do this as a sign, as a dog whistle to one another. Fourteen words. Sometimes what you'll see is you just see them say something. That they'll you sometimes you'll just see them with the with the number fourteen tattooed on them. Sometimes they'll just say fourteen words, but these are the fourteen words. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. These fourteen words are the underlying reason you see these motherfuckers. Lip it out! They're very serious about securing a future for white and white children. All you gotta do is read Dr. Francis Cress Welsing's The Axis Papers. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing lays it out clearly. Look. They're into this whole white supremacy game for genetic survival. Survival of their genes. She says it very clearly. They could have said, okay, we're going to discriminate over foot size. We can discriminate over height. We can discriminate over hair. We can discriminate over how you dress. We have all these different... There are an infinite means of discrimination. Why did they choose color? And why are the darkest always somehow on the bottom and the lightest somehow on top? Dr. Frances West Wilson asked that question. And she wrote a groundbreaking, breaking, great, wonderful, awesome book called the isis papers i encourage every black person who's not read that book to read that book these aren't just like when we see that the news is going to talk about these people as some fringe crazy group look they are not a fringe crazy group there's nothing fringe about these people at all they're very mainstream they're very mainstream they're very mainstream Going back to what I was talking about yesterday when we talked about how white supremacists have successfully infiltrated law enforcement. If the fucking FBI admitted to that shit 14 years ago and nothing was done, how extreme are they really? Because if they said black identity extremists have infiltrated law enforcement 14 years ago, do you think there'll be a nigga cop nationwide? 
What's up, 3J? You say you driving every time you watch us? That's me, man. When I'm when I'm watching you, listening to YouTube, I just went ahead and paid for the little, little extra YouTube reds. I, I don't mind the little bullshit twelve dollars because I'll be on YouTube all the time listening when I'm driving to people. But I get those who don't want to pay it. That's why I'm now on Spotify. And next week I'll be on iTunes. iTunes just takes a long time to get your little RSS feed approval and all that shit. But I'm on Anchor and I'm on Spotify. Full broadcast. You can play it and listen in the background while you have the rest of your app open for those who don't want to pay for the YouTube Red. I get it. But when I'm listening to, you know, Professor Black Truth or somebody like that, they be out Jason or Tariq or 5150, especially when I'm listening to 5150, that shit two hours. I'm always listening to 5150 when I'm driving. You know? So yeah, that's for y'all. I just, like I said, I just pay for it, but hey, I, I get it if you don't want to pay for it. I get it. That's why I got the free options where you can listen to my long-winded ass while you're driving without having to be in the back, and you can still have your navigation up. But yeah, 14 words. These people live by these 14 words. Black people, we don't really understand how they live by these words. We don't understand how they live by these words. We talk a good game. These white supremacists live it. And the more we are aware of that, the more we can then protect ourselves. The main thing that gets in black people's way of protection is our naivety. We're very naive and we're very humane. We don't believe that people out there on some whole shit the way they are. Next, Doc Martin Boots. Doc Martin Boots. When you see these whole ass boots, you're probably dealing with a white supremacist. Not probably, you are dealing with a white supremacist. Because one thing about cat, here's let's let's talk about let's 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 talk real shit here. As black people, we always want to lie to ourselves and give white folks an innocent pass. Oh, maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Look, niggas. Yes, the fuck they did know what they're doing. I'm not saying all white people are white supremacists. But what I am saying is this. White supremacists that aren't white people who aren't white supremacists are still very keenly aware of the those who are because they're cousins, they're friends, they're implicit white supremacists. They may not actively do these things, but they understand what it's about. White people who aren't white supremacists, they don't just buy Doc Martin boots and be like, yeah, I know this is what it is, but they're just comfortable. No, nigga. If you see Doc Martin boots, know that you dealing with one of these motherfuckers. Now let me break down the shoestring because the shoestrings matter. All shoestrings matter. <laughs> First, let's break down the white shoestrings. The white shoestrings, according to the ADL, 
just regular old white folks. They're not, they're quote unquote, not part of the resistance. They're just neutral. That's what they say. What I say is the white strings is just a white supremacist who ain't killed nobody yet. Why did I say that? Because the red strings means that you've already shed blood for the cause of white supremacy. If you see a white person in Doc Martens and red shoestrings, that means they have already killed for the cause. Niggas be thinking they hard wearing a red rag. No, motherfucker. These motherfuckers will wear red shoestrings telling the world, yeah, this is what I've done and I'll do it again. They got their own gang insignias. Niggas, that's the thing. I, that's why I don't get into all that talk about, man, black people, man, you need to watch out when you go to the hood, man. Don't don't wear no red when you go to the hood, man. Niggas love making it seem like everywhere in the hood is all bad, that if you just do these things, someone's going to fuck with you. Nigga, America is the hood, God damn it. The United States of America is the hood. You better watch, watch where you are all throughout this fucking country. Ain't nowhere you can go in, in the United States of America and put your guard down. Facts. But when black people run around talking about the hood this, the hood that, you helping the white supremacists make it seem as if all problems in America are exclusive to the hood. No the fuck they ain't. You write Zen Master, America is a race war. You think just because you lead a hood, you in safe territory. No, the fuck you ain't. Which brings me to the blue laces. Why do they have blue laces? Well, blue laces mean you're a white supremacist who's killed a cop. Yeah. I was seeing a lot of people yesterday talking about all the things that were going on in Washington, D.C. And I saw a whole bunch of people saying, well, if they was black, they wouldn't have got through with none of that. Look here. I'm not about to play that if they was black game with these crackers. You know why I'm not playing that game with them? With, with y'all? Because one thing about these white supremacists they're a lot more bold than we are. They do things that we will never do. And that's a good thing. See, the reason why the cops didn't shoot and are afraid to shoot when they see a white person doing something bad, yes, partially it's because it's partially because they see themselves in that white person. But the other part, the other reason why they don't do anything back is because these white supremacists will get back at their ass. It was a story a few years ago where 
a white dude. I forgot where it was, but he literally got barricaded in the house and called the police just to pick off some police officers. And he ended up killing one. That story got buried so fast. There was another, um, one, se one second. I want to pull up this article for y'all because here we go. Oh, I was able to find it. God damn, my Google skills are good and I'm fast. Um, here we go. I agree. Cookie said, God damn it, shit. No, I don't want to start a free trial. Here it is. I'm about to pull this article up for y'all. White supremacists, they... These motherfuckers, when they, when they fucked up, when they feel like they've had some kind of injustice, they'll literally, like, blow up a police station. They some dirty motherfuckers. And they'll turn around after they blow that police station up, after they kill a cop, put some motherfucking blue laces in their Doc Martens and be like, yeah, now what? Black people, we ain't doing that. So, of course, these people feel more comfortable being harmful to us. They know ain't shit coming back. And I am not inciting that you do anything. Let's make it very clear. Hotep-ish, intelligent-ish talk is a peaceful place. We're very peaceful here. You know, we're children of the Lord. We believe in communicating out our differences. We don't believe here at Hotep-ish, intelligent-ish talk about picking up military-grade weapons and bombing people and killing people. That is not what we believe here at Hotep-ish, Intelligent-ish talk. We believe in communicating out our differences. We believe in coming together and singing Kubaya. That's what we believe in here at Hotep-ish. No way am I ever inciting violence and I am not encouraging violence. We believe in the Lord in the spirit of resurrection in the spirit of peace. Alright, I want to make that very clear to those listening. But we are here to talk about some of the things that other people in this country do that aren't necessarily of God. God! Shouts out to Craig Smith. I love when Craig said that shit. That be killing me every time he say that. <laughs> God! That shit, that shit funny as hell. Like again, watch Craig Facts every Tuesday and Thursday from four to six if you want to see a group of real niggas talking about real shit. But the don't tread on me flag, I especially want to point this out because um, my wife and I were on vacation a few months ago and I was uh, driving, we were driving back, we were in Mount Shasta, uh, we went to Mount Shasta and then we were on our way over to Lake Tahoe. We uh, took you know, through McLeod Falls, and we went through an area, a city up in Northern California called Susanville. 
Susanville is where one of the state's biggest penitentiaries are. It's a penitentiary town. But I'm bringing this up because this was this was back in the summertime when the when the when the weapons short when the uh, the gun shortage and, and ammo shortage was going on. So I was like, shit, I'm gonna go up while I'm in Northern California. I'm gonna go up and get some guns, some ammo. And maybe I can find a California compliant AR-15 while I'm up there. I get to the gun shop and this motherfucking flag was in the window. When I saw that flag, I said, well, shit, this, 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 this little gun ain't gonna have to wait till I get back to LA. Because that don't tread on me, that white supremacist flag is a clear sign you're dealing with somebody who's about the race war. Why did I bring this up? You can look this up in the times.co.uk. Funny how you got to go to outside the United States to get the real news as to what's going on right here. I got a couple questions in my inbox from the Cash App. I'm going to get to y'all questions, Takara and David Lee. Uh, I'm going to get to y'all questions uh, when I'm done with this point. Then we're going to get back on it. This flag was spread across the bodies of policemen shot in Las Vegas, Nevada back in 2014. I'm not a digital subscriber to this website, so I'm not going to get the whole article. But y'all, if y'all go to this article, y'all going to find similar articles to it. There was a married white supremacist couple that, well, that yelled, this is the revolution as they got out and they shot a police officer in Las Vegas, Nevada. After they shot that police officer, they put the revolution has begun and they, they spray painted on that guy and threw this flag on him. Let me see here. Let me see if I can find, I'm gonna see if I can find a better article than that. Here we go. This is the same people. Swastikas found in the apartment of Las Vegas cop killers. If y'all notice, around the country, these cops get killed left and right by white supremacists. And they don't really talk about it. That Nevada area, that Nevada is a, is a hotbed for white supremacy too. That's where Stephen Paddock lived. The killer of those 60 people down there in that shooting at the Mandalay Bay Hotel. That's also where Cliven Bundy lives. Cliven Bundy, his mesquite ranch, was letting cattle graze all across federal public land. And when the, the government came and said, hey, you can't do that shit anymore, there was an armed federal standoff in which the white supremacists won over our United States government. And then the Trump administration turned around and dropped all charges. That's who we dealing with. That's why these white, these boots and blue laces are important to point out. Just another thing, black people, just because they killed a cop don't mean they're, they're friends with you. White supremacists have issues with cops because cops are oftentimes the, the, the thing in the way of them killing us. Cool. 
Any more? Okay, cool. I'm over here checking. Appreciate y'all for on the cash app. Damn, y'all both my cash app up. Not even, not even asking questions. I appreciate that. I'm checking the ad, the cash app. I appreciate y'all. Shit. Like I say, you ain't got to donate it, but if you feel so inclined, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Takara just sent me this. Uh, oh, shit. Let me see if I can. Um, nice. Thank you. Thank you for sending me this picture. I'm about to see if I can airdrop this shit to my shit and put it in the broadcast. That's what I'm about to do. I'm about to airdrop this picture to myself and my computer, and I'm going to put it in the broadcast. Thank you. Airdrop. Because what I just got sent um, was a picture from one of my listeners saving downloads. What I got sent in one of my pictures, thank you, Claudio Santoyo for the Cash App donation. Okay, here we go. I got sent this picture to get put up in here. Let's see here. Yeah, here we go. Look at this. This is what you'll see. This is on here is a picture of a police officer with the don't tread on me patch. That shit sewn in on their bulletproof vest. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? That these cops already know who the white supremacists are within their organizations. Don't let this police reform. That's why the, the point that Tariq always makes about not allowing this police reform jive bullshit to fly. This is what 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 what, what cat means. We don't need a police reform. You can't reform a white supremacist. They already know who the white supremacists are within the police departments. These motherfuckers have patches and tattoos, and they don't do shit about it. Three percent nation. The three percent. They. The three percent. What three percent means is they basically. These, these motherfuckers see themselves. They they see themselves. The three percent see themselves, um, as basically the 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 front lines of white supremacy. Three percenters. They're like a a militia group, and like they they on, on the surface level they'll say, oh they're all about gun ownership and all that shit. No, 3%, basically it was 3% of the white, white uh, uh, of, of people who fought in the um, Revolutionary War. It's only 3%. And so when they call themselves the 3%ers, that's a way of basically, it's an anti-government, and all anti-government means is anti-black. Because again, we got to get through their code words. Why do they hate the government? Why do they say blue lives matter? Well, blue lives matter when... The, the blue lives are killing white black people. They hate the government because the federal government, going back to the era of Reconstruction, has always been basically the only protection black people have had. Black people haven't had much protection from the federal government, I mean from anybody, but the little protection that we have had has been from the federal government, whether you're talking about the Reconstruction era, uh, post-Civil War, or whether you're talking about during the Civil Rights Movement, federal troops coming down, to have to, to guard the, the voting polls in the schools as black people went through them. So the white supremacists have always seen the federal government as the thing 
between them and us. One thing that they don't that they don't understand also, and this is for you white supremacists who may have been listening, the federal government has also been the primary thing between us and murking you motherfuckers out of existence. Let's tell the truth. Because when y'all tried us in Black Wall Street, we was beating y'all asses. It was the federal government that sent National Guard's troops to block off the roads so black towns around Tulsa, Oklahoma couldn't come in and help us beat y'all ass. It was the federal government that said it's okay to drop these bombs on these buildings. Let's be clear, white supremacists. Let's be clear, black people. We ain't no helpless, hopeless people. It's been the federal government. It's been their allyship with other groups that have gotten them the, the advantages that they've gotten over us so far. I mentioned the, the Yamamisi War on my last broadcast, how we was beating the dog shit out of them in Florida and they had to go to the Cherokee and offer them a whole bunch of free guns and, 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 and free uh, nigga trinkets to come and help. We got 226 liking and 199 likes. Give me over 200 likes, please, people. If you haven't hit the like button, please hit the like button. If you're watching this on a later rebroadcast, comment on the uh, on this after the broadcast is over. Comment. Let me know what you think about the broadcast. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you want me to touch on in future subjects. And share the video. Uh, Buick, good question. The doctor, uh, yeah, for those who, of you who came in late, I had to take the Dr. King shirts down because they was on some bullshit at the printing place so i gotta redo them i gotta i gotta won't wear the t-shirts get them redone a little bit that other one was a little bit too bold for them so i have to redo the martin luther king t-shirts but i will redo the martin luther king t-shirts very soon and they will be up on the website oh shit dope thank y'all shit we are we have the 220 likes 224 in a building on YouTube? I appreciate y'all. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, we are here talking about white supremacists and white supremacy and the different things we need to look, up, look out for as a people. Again, why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing this up? Why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because with Joe in office and Kamala in office, we not gonna get much help from them. So we have to be in position to help ourselves. And we're in position best to help ourselves when we at least can identify the obvious signifiers of the enemies of black society. You can't, I'm not saying to go around being paranoid I'm not saying to go around labeling everybody, everything. But with these signs we see here, it's pretty goddamn obvious. They're labeling themselves. So we can do ourselves a huge favor by understanding the obvious marks. We can do ourselves a big favor by seeing the people and dealing with the people in a, that are being obvious 
with who they are, their intentions, and what they're about. So again, I'm about to go through these symbols one more time, just show them to you. And then we're gonna start asking, I'm gonna start taking some more open form questions. Y'all see the, the blue, the laces? Watch out when y'all see them boots and straps. Dylan Roof, oh yeah, one thing I forgot was the bowl cut. When you see this bowl cut here, that's generally a white person that's sensitive to Dylan Roof's calls. Don't nobody walk around with an ugly ass bowl cut like that intentionally. When you see that bowl cut, you're probably dealing with somebody who's on some Dylan Roof shit mentally. Stay away from that motherfucker. And don't be nice to him either. Because Dylan Roof said that the people in the church was hella nice before he killed them. So black people being nice to these motherfuckers don't mean shit either. When I see them coming to my, my neighborhood, these gentrifiers, I'm mean as hell to them. I don't smile at them. I make them feel as uncomfortable as possible. Again, the 14 words. This is a motto that they live by. They don't just say these words. They believe this shit to the point of backing it up with the gun. We know the, the lynching shit. CWB, country white boy. When you see them tattoos, watch the fuck out. You're dealing with somebody who's probably fucked their own mama when you see that. When you see these patches, Rahoa, racial holy war. They like putting this shit on their jackets. And the number 88. And sometimes you'll see in combination, the number's 1488. They ain't talking about the year 1488. They're saying these 14 words and hell Hitler. So let's just make it very clear. Why the media, what the media has done and semi-successfully is they painted white supremacy and all the dangers of white supremacy onto something that's a Trump era thing. This is something that's all tied to Donald Trump. Trump is the reason why they feel emboldened. Trump is the reason why this. Trump is the reason why that. Them white people are bullshitting y'all when they say that. They know good in the hell well it ain't no Trump. This is how these motherfuckers have always been. They know because these are their family members. That's misleading when you try to put it all on Trump. That's misleading and is very harmful, especially to young black children and young black people coming up. Because young black children under the age of 20, 40, and teenagers, they don't have context. They were like babies when Obama was in office. They probably weren't even here when Bush was in office. Some of them. The ones in their 12, 12 teenagers. So what's happening is the young people are getting a message of racism. Trump. Trump. Racism. Racism is synonymous with Trump. Trump is synonymous with racism. And they're getting... They're over here getting the illusion at that now that Trump is gone, racism is over with. That can't be further from the truth. We just getting started with this racism shit. Trump was the precursor to what we're going through in office. Because these skinheads see Kamala Harris and they pin a Kamala Harris on us. We know Kamala Harris ain't shit to us. They don't care. 
So let's make that very clear. Let's make that very clear of who the enemy is. The enemy is anyone who's down with white supremacy. That means left, the left-wing form of white supremacy or the right-wing form of white supremacy. This particular broadcast has been on the right-wing form of white supremacy, the extremist form of white supremacy. We will do future broadcasts on what left-wing white supremacy looks like and the markers with that. I'm not going to go into that too much right now because the left-wing form of white supremacy deserves its own broadcast. Let's see, what are y'all talking about here in the chat room? Hell yeah, Biden is racist too. Obama was a white supremacist. Yes. Y'all think just because he had blacks? Look, black white supremacists do exist because whiteness, there's no such thing as a white person. These motherfuckers ain't white, they pink. They're the color of pig nuts. White is a false racial construct. But it is a construct that has political, it's a political uh, construct. So those who identify as it, they take on many forms of being white supremacists. As a matter of fact, I should, I'm gonna do, I should do a breakdown on my, on my uh, color of law book. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that pretty soon. I'm gonna do that pretty soon. I'm gonna do that pretty soon. Okay, what y'all talking about here in the chat room? He's about to say piggers. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Dylan Roof did have a black friend. Dylan Roof had a coon black friend. Yes, he did. That goes to you niggas talking about something. Well, my white friend. And that's another thing, black people. Stop being so easily impressed by white people who listen to black music. Black music is dope. Why shouldn't they listen to black music? <laughs> Y'all think that they that they fuck with you just because they fuck with your culture. Black American culture is the dopest culture on the planet. You got to be a stupid motherfucker to not fuck with our culture. But just because they like their culture, don't they like our culture? Don't mean they like us. They don't give a fuck about us. Michael Jackson told you that. All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. Go listen to that song by Michael Jackson. They don't give a fuck about us. Niggas, <laughs> y'all ever notice, if you want to make a, ne a Negro happy, put a white person in front of them that can dance. Niggas get hella happy when they see a white person dancing in front of them. Oh, look at him, man, he just like us. <laughs> man, that white boy got soul. White chocolate. Oh my God, you kind of niggas need to go. You kind of niggas gonna get us all fucked up. Oh man, oh man, he must be. Oh man, he gotta be down, man, you see? Shit, he listen to, he listen to Tupac. Tupac is dope. Why shouldn't he listen to Tupac? That don't mean he fuck with us.
we got to we we got to we got to get very clear people. We got to get very clear. <laughs> Lamar Griffin said my papa called him the pink people his whole life. <laughs> You're right. We are easily swayed into nonsense. Man, I was in a business meeting a couple weeks ago. And without giving up too many details, one of the people in that meeting for this uh, this thing I'm trying to pitch said that maybe you know for your comedy thing you should put in uh, you should you should you should put in Gary Owen. And I looked at him like, the fuck I will put in a Gary Owen. Man, fuck Gary Owen. I don't know Gary Owen personally. I've run across been a comedian. I've run across him a few times, but I'm not gonna say I know anything. I don't. I don't. I don't know him personally. All I know is what I've seen on TV. The same things that you've seen, and the things that I've seen on TV. Same things that you've seen from afar. I don't like having a black wife. Doesn't mean anything. Thomas Jefferson had. This motherfucker had more black women than Fillmore Slim. Still didn't fuck with us. Strom Thurmond, the most racist. Strom Thurmond, Joe Biden's mentor. <coughs> Strom Thurmond, he had a black daughter. His cousin's Al Sharpton. That don't mean shit. No, I'm not going to put no motherfucking Gary on in my shit. I'm not saying all white people aren't. I know some dope-ass funny white people. Shouts out to my man Matt Jones. Y'all going to see Matt Jones. I love Matt Jones. Y'all may see him sometimes comment on my social media. Matt Jones is a funny white boy. And he, he authentic. I call him Jim Carrey because he's that talented. Y'all see some white folks in my shit. It's because I'm not racist against them. I'm going to go for the talent. Matt's a talented ass white boy, so don't be. I'm I'm totally down with having white people in my projects if they good, if I if it's authentic. But I'm not gonna shoehorn a white person in because they don't shoehorn talented black people in shit. Gary Owen ain't never said, okay, what the nigga Dewan doing? Let me put him in it. They always want to throw token them's into our shit, and the the thing about us. Look, the reason why I appreciate y'all that listen to this show consistently and listen to this because my bet has always been on black people. I study us. I know us. I bet on black because when the streets fuck with you, there is no taking you down. The streets is long-term success. I love the quote-unquote chitlin' circuit. So many black artists and entertainers over the years neglect the black audience when the black audience is what gives you credibility to even be accepted by white folks. White folks don't like fucking with us. They don't start fucking with us until they see a whole bunch of niggas fuck with us first. You're right about that, yeah, man. Gary only... He, he cool black people, but he still talks with a sense of superiority. Him and Michael Rappaport. 
what the fuck is Michael Rappaport doing talking on the Atlanta Housewives? In a moment of truth, I will tell you, I love watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> People be laughing at me. What's up, Lachey, in the chat? I love watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. I watch that shit with my wife. I got turned on to that show a few years ago, back when, when Portia beat that girl Kenya's ass. I, that's my first time ever watching that show. I was like, a lot, lot of you niggas, I ain't watching that, man. The black folks and black folks, and I get it. It's very negative images of black people. Very negative images of black people in that. But we all do some profane shit. We all do something that, hey, at the end of the day, look, I just need to get entertained. As smart as I am and all this knowledge shit that I be kicking, sometimes I just want to laugh at degeneracy and debauchery. So if I'm laughing at some degenerate shit, it's going to be some pretty ass women with big booties doing it. Shit. I love me and my wife. I will grab a bottle of wine. Get some. My wife put together a goddamn charcuterie plate with cheese and crackers. And we watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. And we laugh our asses off at the shade being thrown between them women. That shit funny as hell to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I am not ashamed to admit it. I love Housewives of Real Housewives of Atlanta. But if you're one of the people that says it has negative imagery of black people and that's why you can't see it, I get it. I'm not here to argue with you. You know what I mean? It's a lot of shit that has negative imagery of us that I can't watch, that other people can't watch. That's why the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. That's why I don't sit around judging motherfuckers. I ain't got time to judge when I know I got my own shit that I be fucking around on. I love Housewives of Atlanta. Travion said, yeah, you fuck with Bill Burr? Yes. Travion, good point. I fuck with Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr is, matter of fact, around the time I first started doing comedy, I first started doing comedy, let me see if I can find this picture. Um, let me see if I can find this picture. Bill Burr, when I used to, when I used to host a room at the Comedy Union, um, he came and did my room a few times. I actually got to meet Bill Burr a few times. Bill Burr also has a black wife. But one thing I'll say about Bill Burr, Bill Burr is a white boy who knows his place. He knows he's not one of us. And he respects the fact that he's not one of us. And he respects the differences between us and them. And Bill Burr, he'll go back to a white supremacist and tell them to get the... He, Bill Burr don't try to police white people. I mean, black people. Bill Burr is somebody who polices white people. And that's the kind of white person I can fuck with. I don't fuck with the white people that want to come around. Like, Michael Rappaport, you know he full of shit because every time he got something to say... He got something to say to black people. That's why I'll be like, fuck you, Michael Rappaport. But Bill Burr, this is a picture of when I first started comedy. That's Vanessa Graddick in the middle. Back when I used to host at the Comedy Union. This is like 2012. Me, Bill Burr, one of the times that he came down to do my room. But Bill Burr's always been 100. 
And Bill Burr, like I said, he's somebody that he don't spend his time policing black people. He polices white people. That's the kind of white person I can fuck with. Go police your own. We got our own problems over here. I'm with you again, Travion. Fuck Bill Maher. I used to be the biggest Bill Maher fan. Before I got into watching Housewives, me and my wife used to, every Friday, me and my wife, before she was my wife, when she was my girlfriend, we would get together and watch Real Time with Bill Maher. 8 o'clock, Friday night, HBO. On West Coast time. And I used to, I remember the whole Bush presidency, I watched every episode of Bill Maher. All the way through the first two, maybe three years of the Obama presidency. And then, like a lot of people, my eyes started to get opened up. And I was like, hold on. This motherfucker Bill Maher just seemed like the kind of person that likes smoking weed and, and, and smashing black chicks. And he likes being the cool white guy around black people. But I remember when Eric Gardner got choked out. This when I was totally all the way off Bill Maher. When Eric Gardner got choked out over New York, I was already not watching Bill Maher that much by then. But he had the nerve to say, first of all, he didn't mention it towards the end, until towards the end. And then when he gave passing mention to it, he was like, well, he also had obesity and other issues going. Huh? You see a man getting choked out by law enforcement that we pay for? And you mention his weight? Okay, Bill Maher, you don't fuck with us. You just fuck with our culture. So fuck you. Bill Maher is the is the ultimate right, I am manifesto. Bill Maher is the ultimate of refined racist. He's very fine with his racism. Fuck Bill Maher. But I said that to say, I bet on black people. I my my whole my whole thing in comedy and then my entertainment, my aspirational person I've always looked up to the most when it comes to entertainment overall is Frankie Beverly. Frankie Beverly and Maze. Frankie Beverly and Maze is music for black people by black people. He never tried to cross over. He never tried to write that hit to bring them over to our side. Frankie Beverly and Mays throughout his singing career from 1978 when his first album dropped to 1993 when his last album dropped, he made music for black people. He never got outside of his box. Frankie Beverly hasn't been able to sing well in over 15 years. When he sing, he be sounding like this. You know I think the God's Frankie Beverly voice is fucked up now, man. He be singing. It used to be. Now it's. I said that to say. In. In spite of all the changes Maze has been going through, 
black people still fuck with him hard, heavy. If Frankie Beverly and Maze is coming to your town, that hoe gonna sell out. Because of the love that he put into his music. Frankie Beverly, his music is full of love. You feel that love in his music. And in spite of all the shit talk that I talk, everything that I do is founded in love. A lot of artists find their inspiration through hate or through dislike or through discomfort or through depression. That's not, I, I, I've been depressed before. That's not where my art comes from. My art doesn't come from depression. My art comes from a love for humanity overall and a deeper love for black people. I have that deeper love for black people because the black people are the most neglected and you got to take care of home first. My love for black people, black Americans isn't to the detriment of anyone else but we're the most marginalized and the least taken care of. And you gotta take care of home first. And anybody that got an issue with take, of you taking care of home first is a racist cousin fucker. And they don't have, I have no respect for them because I got respect for people that take care of their home first. I got respect for Mexicans that take care of Mexicans first. I got respect for Asians that take care of Asians first. You got to take care of your own first. I don't have respect for niggas that's always looking out for white people before they look out for us. So yeah, when they going around talking about something, you got to put Gary O in your shit. No, fuck you. I'm looking out for my own first. But yeah, Frankie Beverly. I remember a couple years ago before this Corona shit happened, uh, I, had, I was doing this radio show out here in LA and I would get these free tickets. And I got free tickets to see Frankie Beverly and Maze. And that show was July 31st, 2018. Sold out the Greek theater. Sold the fuck out. One month later, Guardian the Jazz Festival. Frankie Beverly and Maze right back here in LA. Sold that hoe out. The minute he was announced, Frankie Beverly was, was announced on a Saturday morning. He was sold out by Sunday afternoon. They say an artist shouldn't play the same city twice within, within uh, three months. That motherfucker played the same city twice in a month, LA, and sold it out. And it ain't even no black people here in LA no more. <laughs> That's because we as black people, contrary to popular opinion, we do support our own. We do love our own. We just also, contrary to popular opinion, we know when we dealing with somebody that's half-stepping, faking, frauding, and bullshitting. So I figure, as long as I appeal to my people, as long as I give my people what they need as far as entertainment, information, some profound shit, and some profane shit, y'all get the whole gamut from me. As long as I go hard in the paint for my people, my people gonna go hard in the paint for me. I don't need to cross over. Fuck a crossover. They can cross over to me. And as a matter of fact, white folks and non-black people who are about the truth, white white folks who, who, who aren't about the program, they do fuck with me. Hard. It happens in the inbox. I'm not going to out y'all because I do understand that. <laughs> I know how white supremacy works. When other white people know that you down with black folks, white people have consequences. 
that ties all back into why this broadcast started and why I'm talking about what I'm talking about today. Talking about white supremacy because white supremacy is a system that was built on violence first off between white people before it ever got pushed on to us. Look up the Winston-Salem witch burnings. They weren't just burning witches. They were burning white women who were sleeping with black men. That's where the whole thing where he raped me came from. In the 1690s, 1700s, these white women were coming over from England and choosing these black natives. You know, niggas always like fucking a little bit of everything. So when she got caught having sex with a black man, the white society would burn her at the state publicly. That's how white supremacy got burned in through trauma through white people. They don't like tell you this part. It wasn't white folks coming over here saying, home, home, we're white. White supremacy is a system that was beat into them violently through the late 1600s, 1700s. Colony of Virginia started most of these fucking ass laws. So the reason why I don't expect white people to speak up and speak up on and do things on our behalf is because white folks know if they speak up for us loudly, they'll get killed. I respect those that do, but I don't expect them to. I expect black people to speak up for black people. I expect black people to look out for black people. I expect us to do all the things that we need to survive. Because they they for sure gonna do what they need to do to survive. Hell yeah, they have penis envy, Iron Manifesto. What's up, Daryl? 5150 up in the house. Yeah, right, right, deep impressions. Rest in peace, John Brown. John Brown was a white man that put his life on the line for us, brought his own kids to it, Harper's Ferry, and they killed him for it. But that shit also started off the Civil War. But yeah. This country is the new Holy Roman Empire. And that's why the Vandals and Visigoths were down at the Capitol the other day tearing that shit apart. Because those same motherfuckers that tore apart the Holy Roman Empire are going to be the same motherfuckers that tear this shit down. And black people, we don't need to join a fight. This is not our fight. Leave it alone. Because they'll, they'll self-destruct. Think about it. Europe had animals at some point. Europe had certain vegetations at some point. They killed them all off. <laughs> Everywhere they go, they kill everything off. They killed the buffalo off. They done destroyed half the, the sea life. Half the birds, half the exotic animals all throughout the world, they done killed off. They think they're going to kill us off. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to kill themselves off. Stay the fuck out of the way. And be aware of these signs. I want to thank y'all for joining us again today. 
I appreciate it. We got more likes than we got viewers. I love this. We got 212 watching, 269 likes. I appreciate that, y'all. Share the video to your friends. Like the video again if you haven't liked it. And for those of you watching on the replay, leave a comment. Pull me up on um, Hotep-ish. We're on Spotify. We should be on iTunes sometime in the next week. Like I said, it takes iTunes like two weeks to give you your certification. Spotify be like, fuck it, you, you lie right now. So I'm already up on Spotify. So if you want to watch this replay, catch this from the beginning, and you know, you, 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 you want to listen to it while you're driving, pull it up on Spotify. Um, I will have some more Dr. King shirts up shortly. I just have to get with my designer to make sure that this next design is something that these motherfuckers approve. For those of you who pay for the Dr. King shirt, I've already refunded you. I, I, I sent you a, a courtesy email because yes, although I am a comedian, I still have a customer service background and I like to make sure that we taken care of. I don't, I don't play that bad customer service shit. You, you support this black business, you're going to get all of my all when it comes to giving you service the right way. That's how I get down. That's my code of conduct. So I've got some listeners in here. They'll tell you they've had mistakes in their orders and they've gotten free shit on top of that without them having to ask. I'm not saying I'm going to give all you niggas some free shit. Matter of fact, it's a goddamn guarantee. I probably won't give you some free shit if there's a mistake. But I have been known to do that from time to time just out of the bottom of my heart because I do believe in supporting those who support me. So, for those of y'all, go to hotelpitch.com slash apparel. Get your t-shirts. I still got my scholar t-shirts on sale. Y'all know the t-shirts. Make sure y'all go ahead and get them. And in the meantime, remember this. There are no perfect messengers. Only perfect messages for those who are willing to pick up the game. Remember that? My name is Dewan B. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see. You got your free cup? Salute. Glad you got your free cup. Because, like I said, I believe, you know, we can't just ask for the business. We got to treat people right when they give us the business. Um, again, hotepish.com slash apparel. My name is Dewan B. We out.